Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week we are talking about the original Black Christmas. So hold on to your little piggy cunts, because we're in for a merry fucking time. Christmas listeners and happy holidays or any holiday you celebrate or if you don't celebrate them just hope you're having a nice time and happy fucking new year yeah you can't not really celebrate the new year because it's coming anyways yeah if you're in America whether we want it to or not yeah whatever anyway 2023 (laughs) here we fucking come but in the meantime Black Christmas! Oh my god. I love this fucking movie! I was telling somebody that this is not just one of my favorite, like, Christmas movies. Yeah. But it's one of my favorite horror movies ever. That's literally what I said to yeah. Jeff the other night. Yeah. I was like, it's so wonderfully I written. Love this fucking movie. It's before its time. And I'm really excited to talk about it. Yes, it's just, it really is. And we're, so we're gonna talk about, um, the 1970s. For Black Christmas, the really, really good good one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go through that like we would through a normal review. Um, but then at the end, we're going to have some final thoughts about the 2006. And then I will have some thoughts about the 2019 Black Christmas as well. I couldn't um, find it. <laughs> it was, it, you, you didn't miss much, baby. I promise you didn't. Uh, I saw it yeah. the one time a while back and then I watched the Kill Count to revamp myself and realized how much I still didn't like it. But anyway, in the meantime, we're going to talk about the good one, the good child. Yes. Um, which is 1974, which was directed by Bob Clark. Do you know what Bob Clark also directed? No, Casey. A Christmas Story. Oh my god. <laughs> so he has some very differing views on the holiday. That is actually hilarious. But- no. Oh, goodness. We got some squeaky toys in the mix. That's not happening. It's uh, very much a Hannibal thing. Um, Yeah, Bob Clark also directed Porky's 1 and 2. I don't know what that is. You've never, you've never even heard of Porky's? No. It's like, it's just like a really famous 80s movie. Um, very problematic in today's um, society. Not great, Ooh. but like, oh my god, I almost said ask your parents about porkies um ask ask ma'am i bet she knows what porkies is and i bet she'd say what a terrible movie i remember my aunt really loved that movie anyway that was a terrible terrible thing for me to do just now i want you to know that (laughs) moving on because my parents are dead (laughs) i'm so sorry moving on yeah um, this cast is fucking stacked. Totally. Um, we have not only got Olivia Hussey in her, I mean, just like, has she ever looked more radiant and 
Oh, I love her so much. Um, we've She's also gorgeous. got yes, we've also got Margot Kidder, who is a scream queen in her own right. Um, she's playing Barb, obviously. John fucking Saxon, so hot. Yum 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 yum. Um, Andrea Martin plays Phil. She's been in a million fucking things, and she's also in the 2006 Black Christmas remake, which uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, she plays Mrs. Mack in that remake. Terrible movie. Not as bad as the 2019 one. I like the 2006 one, so we have varying opinions there. Oh, we, yeah, I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, just a just a all-around great movie. We're going to go through it. Hopefully everyone listening to this has fucking seen this movie because, holy shit, it's great. Absolutely. One of uh, my full disclosure, I saw the 2006 one first because I was in sixth grade um and it came out and i was really into horror movies and i loved you know just anything that i could get my hands on and i saw this and i was like oh it's so fucking extreme and then today i'm just like oh god that movie gets everything wrong anyway uh what's crazy to me then i saw it like as an adult the 74 one and i was like oh god damn this is good i think this one takes so many more risks than the 2006 one. Oh yeah oh god yeah it's more vulgar it's more it's scarier it's ahead of its time it's it's talking about like real life issues that uh-huh. were prominent then and still prominent to this day yeah. like it just truly was an all-around better movie than the 2006 one like, why are we still, why are we still doing remakes? And the nineteen seventy <laughs> or the 2019 one is almost unwatchable. The 2006 one I can have fun with. It's not great, but I watch it. I love the cast of the 2006 one. It is a time capsule of 2006. It truly the is. The dialogue. The Michelle fucking, Trachtenberg. The fact that Michelle Trachtenberg <laughs> and Lacey Chabert are in yeah. it. The outfits. The... The -the over-the-top gore. Like, it's just very 2006. The 2019 one, to me, I mean, you can like any movie. If you like a movie, you can like a movie. That's whatever. It's almost unwatchable to me. That's the what acting I've heard is from, fine. like, everybody that's seen it. All the actors in it, actually, they do a great job. Carrie Elwes is in it, and I love him, but he plays a piece of shit. So, like, I'd rather just go watch Saw and him be like, trying to hide that British accent, but not very well. And he's like, I'm Lawrence Gordon. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I love Saw also. I do too. So, yes. Um, also, I wrote at the top, this is one of, this had one of my favorite taglines of all time. I miss old taglines because they could be kind of vague and creepy. And the tagline for this was, If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. I and fucking was, love that. Oh, it was so good. They would like, it was like a part of the trailer or whatever, and it was so cool. Black Christmas, 1974. Yeah. But we open with some Silent Night. Yeah. We sure do. Yeah, we really do. Seems like it's going to be a nice, beautiful movie. Yep. We're in a sorority house at a college. Bunch um, of gorgeous women everywhere. I mean, Margot Kidder looking just fabulous she's got in this first uh scene she's got this awesome choker going on her hair's up she's drunk she's drunk through the whole movie yeah but i love her 
Yeah. Um, we we get a the very first shot we really get in the movie is a POV shot, which reminder this is four years before before Halloween. Yeah. This is one of the so this is not obviously not the first slasher. Psycho came out years before this. A lot of slashers came out before this, but this kind of set the tone and the formula for slashers for a long time. Um, and I mean obviously we know why. I mean, and there was. Like, there were slashers, but not with this elevated level of humor. And that big, it really, it, it paved the way for yeah, Halloween. And absolutely. And Halloween obviously paved the way for Friday the 13th. I mean, if you think about it, too, like, movies like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness yes. and things like that probably never would have been made if it weren't for this movie. I got an Army of Darkness t-shirt in my last Loot Fright box, and it's so good. I love it. Bruce Campbell, amazing. He's amazing. I love him. So we've got all these hot girls here at the sorority. Yeah. Badass bitches. We get this really awesome split diopter diploma shot. And I was just immediately like, oh my god, film nerd stuff. Yeah, and whatever she said. Split diopter. So if you if you don't know what it is, it's when you, like when there's something in the foreground of the camera and something in the background, but both of them are in focus to where there's almost a split screen, but not really. Okay. Yeah. Um, you see it a lot in Carrie because it was filmed by Brian De Palma and that is like his signature fucking move. Gotcha. Um, I saw it a couple times in this. Barb's bangs. So Barb is played by Margot Kidder. Her bangs are so perfect for her face in this scene. It's just like such an interesting, very 70s bang. Yeah. I am... Like, I think I have a girl crush on every girl in the world, <laughs> but also just, like, mostly Margot Kidder and Olivia Hussey. Yeah. Olivia Hussey's hair I looks li- like silken <laughs> strands of, like, gold. I literally wrote that down. I was like, she has, like, her hair looks like it's the softest hair in the world. Oh, I know. It really does. She's it's so just, stunning. I can, like, feel it. <laughs> if uh, anybody is wondering where they might know Olivia Hussey from, she is Bill's wife in the made-for-TV version of It, the 1991 version? 1990, maybe. And, uh, God, she just looks so stunning here. She looks so young. She looks like the actress from Possession with Sam Neill. I need to look up who that is. I didn't see that. I just saw it recently, but you absolutely have to. Sam Neill. Oh, me too. I made Jeff dress up as Sam Neill. I know. And that is Laura Dern. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another person I had a crush on when I was a kid was Dr. Alan Grant. Oh, my God, I know. I, I always loved Alan Grant, and I have a better appreciation for him now as an adult. But when I was younger, I loved Alan Grant, but I was definitely an E.M. Malcolm girl. Because Jeff Goldblum is just... Why not both? I mean both, yeah. Cheers. Por que no las dos. <laughs> anyway, so we're at this uh, sorority Christmas party and we get a phone call um, on this rotary phone. It's hilarious. So we get this phone call and Olivia Hussey... Wait, does she answer the first one, Jess or Barb? I think Jess answers the first phone call, and she's like, oh, our, you know, our caller's back, because apparently this guy has been calling for a while. 
Um, and they call him the moaner. Oh, yeah. They call him the mo- – oh, yeah. Our moaner's back. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, like, making moaning noises apparently up till this point. But then he ups his act, as Barb says, or something like that. And he starts saying, you know, very, very vulgar. These phone calls are terrifying. He they said, I'm so like creepy. a tuna farm. Yeah, and he calls them piggy cunts. I'll yeah. lick your piggy cunt. Yeah, let me lick it. It was it was really fucking unsettling. And Barb's like yelling back, like, fuck you. Yeah. And she then, said, why don't you lick a light socket? That'll give you a charge. Yeah, stick your tongue in yeah, stick your tongue in a wall socket. That'll give you a charge. And then he says, I'm going to kill you, and then hangs up like, basically. And the rest of the girls are like really freaked out by this because there was a a young girl who had been um, raped in the town that they live in. So, like, a lot of them were really on edge. Yes, which you would be, of course. course. And um, so the girls, but they kind of mostly just brush it off because this has obviously happened before. And uh, then Mrs. Mack comes home. (laughs) I love Mrs. Mack. She's amazing. She is the house mother. And her, this woman's comedic timing. She's fucking incredible. She is incredible. Her physical acting in this movie, oh my god, especially with John Saxon. She is, oh, first of all, she's over these girls shit immediately. 100%. And just, oh, I just really, I think she's so underrated for how fucking funny she is. This whole movie's hysterical. It is. It's, it's really dark funny. It's comedy. Yeah. It is truly, I mean, it's called Black Christmas. Like, for Christ's sake. Yeah. For Christmas Christ's sake. Right. Um, we get, uh, oh, Claire's scene. So Claire mm-hmm. is kind of the quieter one of the group I, uh, you gather, kind of. And Barb's kind of being a bitch to her because Barb's kind of a bitch. And she was drunk. I she fucking was a love drunk Barb. Bitch. I, don't I care. do too. I love them all. She was being mean though. Yeah. Um, so then we get Claire's, poor Claire's death scene, which is Ugh. so scary. It is scary. It's so, like, I, this is one of those movies I wish I could go back in time and watch in the theater for the first time with people to see how they reacted. Yeah. Because she's, like, looking for this cat, and it's, there's, like, those, like, uh. Garment bags. Garment bags. Yeah. yeah plastic garment bags, and this guy's in the closet, and he wraps it around her, and you don't see what happens to her for so long. Yeah. And you're just left there wondering, like, oh, God. It was terrifying because at one point, like, right before that, like, she was getting clothes out of the closet and he was in there. And yeah. you, like, see him, like, kind of, like, move his hand around in the garment bag. And it's just really creepy. Because you know what's about to happen. Yes. Oh, it's so, oof. Yeah, there's just so many scenes in this of tension that are, like, they still play so well. They really do. Yeah. And, um... And then we get, like, a really funny scene because they, the sorority girls get Mrs. Mack a Christmas present and they bought her a moo-moo. And she fucking hated it. And she was just like, oh my god, thank you. But it's this ugly-ass floral fucking nighty, basically. But it, yeah, I was like. And she's flirtatious. She wants to look hot for these men. Oh yeah, she's, she's still, I mean, she's an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. percent Yeah, absolutely. Um... She, uh, one of my favorite quotes, I told Casey, this is, like, such a quotable movie, but she goes to the library, and she's like, B, 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 and then she, like, pulls out a book, and she says, B, and she opens it and says, for booze, and it's got a little, like, she cut out the pages so she can put a sherry bottle in there. Oh, my God. And that was the moment I fell in love 
with Miss Mac. Yes, I wrote Secret Sherry. <laughs> B, I wrote B is for booze. B, 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 B is for booze. Because then when someone walks in, she's just holding the book. Yeah. Because I assume, well, because uh, sororities are always dry. They always have been. You cannot have alcohol in a sorority. You can't have parties in sororities. It's like a thing. And obviously, Not fraternities? Fraternities you can party in. What I in the hate. fucking sexist bullshit is that? You wouldn't believe how sexist Greek life is. Fuck Greek life. I don't care. I love all our listeners. And listen, if you were in a sorority or fraternity, that's fine. I love you. You should hate them. They did nothing for you. Don't be brainwashed. Alrighty, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> love you, little piggy cunts. Ooh. So Jess uh, is call. She calls Peter and she's like, "Listen, we need to have a fucking talk." And he's like, "No, tell me now. Tell me now." And she's like, "No, bitch. We need to fucking talk in person. I hate that." And well, he makes it also. I kind of get it. He so makes it about him too. Oh my he's God, like, yeah. "I'm exhausted and blah 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 blah. Big audition. I'm a penis." And yeah, yeah. Sorry, you are penis. A penis. Not a penis. He but is he a is. penis. I wrote, Peter sucks. Jess is a goddess. Softest looking hair I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then this is when I wrote, toilet booze. Because she also has. Secret- I said hides more booze in the toilet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> toilet booze. She's got secret toilet booze. Um, this is also, we flash to Claire, who has the plastic bag wrapped around her head. This terrifying image. And she's rocking in the rocking chair up in the attic. It's it's horrifying. And in my notes, I wrote, Claire is in this house forever. How long does it take for a corpse to smell? Some things you just can't Google. I don't want to be put on a list. Well, you just put it out to the universe. Well, but they know why. Some FBI guy monitoring my phone isn't going to know why I asked that to my phone. Our listeners are going to completely understand. That's a fair point. But the FBI guy that monitors everything I send back and forth is like, why the fuck does she need to know that? That is a fair point. So I'm, I don't, I call myself a writer. I would love to be a writer. I love writing. And sometimes I have to research weird things because I do love to write horror. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I don't want to be put on a list, but I really need to know how long it takes for this to decompose. Well, think of all the YouTubers that like do like dark, deep dives. Yeah. And how much they have to research. Like the government has their hands full with other things. Yes. Like, you know, aliens or something. I don't, I'm don't. i kidding. I don't want to be put on the list. <laughs> we love the government. Anyways. I didn't so say which one. So we then um, cut to a scene at the frat house where, is it, is it Phyllis's boyfriend? Dressed like Santa? I think so. And he is straight up not having a good time. Um, he has a potty mouth. These are, like, underprivileged children. He's sitting there like, he said, ho, ho, ho. Fuck. <laughs> I wrote that down. I think it's Claire's boyfriend. No? Because Claire's boyfriend's the hockey one later. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because, um, of yeah, course, I they wrote, all have to have a boyfriend. I wrote Naughty Santa. Um, right around this time, we meet this poor, poor, beleaguered father. Um, that is Claire's dad, who was supposed to meet Claire. Um because it's christmas break i don't know if we mentioned that um the thing is this movie 
does not have to be set on Christmas. Like nothing right. about anything that happens, it just happens to fall on Christmas. Right. Um that's not that that wasn't like a theme that was yeah. important. So he's going to meet his daughter Claire. Um this dad sounds Canadian as fuck. <laughs> So, uh, that's, I think he, that he's at the frat when all that's happening. <clears throat> and we get more funny-ass Mrs. Mac stuff because, oh my god, isn't it like one of the cops or something was over and she asked for a ride? No, it was, uh, Mr. Harrison that she asked for a ride. Yes. Because she, he didn't go into the, uh, into the frat house, he was outside of it. Yes. He was, like, waiting around to, that's to pick her was. up. Yes. And she goes And he went the, to the sorority house and she was talking to yeah, him. She's like, oh, let's go, you know, I'll show you where she probably is. Drop me off at the store on the way. Yeah. So she goes in the bathroom to like start getting ready to leave the house and she <laughs> puts like half her lipstick on and then goes to look for the cat. <laughs> so she's just walking around with like one part of a red lip, drops all of her shit and she's just sitting there cursing up a storm. <laughs> and the Screaming dad, at the cat. The dad walks up the stairs and she just like slowly turns her head and she's like, Thank you so much for offering to take me to the store. Like, he said, think nothing of it. Like, her fucking physical comedy is hysterical. I was cracking the fuck up. Jeff was cracking the fuck up. She was, like, covering all these pictures and things that were, like, oh, profanities. God. Like, he was, like, not having a good time. And she is just so I think it was so when they were funny. in Claire's room. Yeah. And she's got all this, you know, <laughs> modern. She's got, like, this picture, this poster of these two people fucking in, like, a flower circle or something. It looked crazy. I have uh, a couple more quotes that I wrote down because I love them. <laughs> these broads would hump a leaning tower of Pisa if they could get yes. up there. And then she said, balls. <laughs> I did. I wrote, oh, where'd it go? Somewhere I wrote balls yeah and then she flips him off as he's going down the stairs she's seriously the funniest fucking character oh my god i love her (sighs) so they are off and then we cut to the scene where jess goes to visit peter while he's practicing for his big penis audition yeah i hate peter his me too his sweater is awful his hair is awful his face is awful and he plays piano like shit so she tells Peter, like, hey, I'm pregnant. And uh, he's, like, he's super fucking excited. He's, like, oh, that's great. Like, cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. And she's, like, no, 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 no. I don't want it. He's, like, you don't want it? She's, like, no, I don't fucking want to have a baby. And he go, he says something like, you haven't even asked me. Like, bitch, because it's not your body. He's so selfish. He's saying, he said, like, <clears throat> do you, like, ever think of anyone but yourself? And I was like, who the fuck are you talking about? Literally. Are you looking at a Pot, mirror? meat, kettle. Literally. And, yeah, she's like, there's nothing to fucking discuss. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to come talk to you later tonight. You better be home. Like, we need to talk. Up. He was very threatening. Like, his tone. Very threatening. And he was telling her, she's like, she was like, you know, you're not going to change my mind. And he's like, I think I will. And it's it's like, shut the fuck up. It's, ugh. Fuck I can't you. stand Peter. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. We get to another really fucking creepy phone call after this. Millie! Millie! Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> this, this, so the person that is calling, the moaner, if you will, is doing several different voices not just heavy breathing, literally, like, 
D- different family member voices. Yeah, it's weird. He's doing baby sounds and little kid sounds and mom sounds. It's messed up. Mother, no! Billy! <laughs> it's fucking weird and it's creepy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, ooh. They finally go to the police, I think, later that day or the next day to report Barb not Barb, Claire missing, because her dad's like, where the fuck's my daughter? Yeah, and they didn't find her anywhere. Yes. And at the police station, uh, <laughs> this police officer that they first meet, Nash, he's just fucking worthless. He's so stupid. And he's like, she probably just went and shacked up with some guy, like, to her dad. And he's like, that doesn't make me feel better. And, like, they all, like, all the girls know who her boyfriend is. And she's, like, the, like I said, she's, like, the meager, like, shy one of the group. Yeah. And her boyfriend was, like, a nice guy, we find out later. Oh, he's, like, like, a great guy. He even goes to the, uh... Police station later, and is like, "Why the fuck aren't you taking my girlfriend's like kidnapping seriously or whatever?" Well, Nash was like pretending to care, and he was like, "Well, give me the phone number for the sorority." And Barb said, "Fellatio two zero eight eight zero." Yeah, and he's like, "Can you spell that?" (laughs) It's a new exchange, (laughs) fe. Yeah, so uh, I said Barb's a mess, which plays for something fucking hilarious later with John the Sax Saxon, who we are about to see. We do find out in this scene that there is a missing thirteen-year-old girl. That is true. Thirteen. I always forget she's so young. That's a baby. Um. So we see John Saxon, who is so sexy that his name almost sounds like sexy and <laughs> john sexy john sexy and he's like one of those guys that has like natural guy liner like you oh, know what i mean yeah like, he's, his eyes his eyelashes are so, so smoky dark and thick that it looks like he's got like permanent eyeliner on much like oh what was that actor's name that was in the tv show of bates motel and he played the sheriff guy Oh my gosh, I've met him. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Oh my god, he's so, first of all, he's beautiful. What and is he's his got, name? Uh, serious, seriously beautiful eyes. Nestor Carbonell. Oh my gosh, yes, I met him. It's a weird name, he's I should gorgeous. know that. Yes, he's gorgeous. He is very gorgeous. And they both kind of remind me of, oh god, what was the actor from the first season of American Horror Story? The really hot one. Really hot one. Uh, the dad from American Horror Story season oh, one. You know, how long, you know how long it's been since I've seen that? Uh, like a long time. A I don't know. Time. I need to show Jeff those really bad. Um, oh, what is his? But the permanent name? eyeliner. You're so right. Yes. Oh, was it? <laughs> Dilly McDermott. Oh my god. <laughs> he was at He's that so first hot. horror convention that I went oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah. But I didn't end up beating him because I, I went broke. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen to us. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> oh my god. So around this time we get to the scene where Peter's actually playing <laughs> the piano. He just bombs he his audition. so fucking stupid. He like, looks he's just... He looks so angry. Like, how, you're a fucking man-child. I don't know any... I'm going to fucking pow, 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 I don't, pow, pow. I don't know any piano player whose head, like, like who headbangs while they play piano. <laughs> it just, he looks, and he's sweating so bad. Like, maybe take off the turtleneck, dumbass. It's a hideous turtleneck. Hideous. Oh, my God. 
Um, Peter is a dramatic asshole. Why did I write that? Because oh, he yeah. smashes his fucking he piano like a child. He piano. What the? F- I don't even think that's his piano. He's a grown man who that's did like that. A, that's like a piano in the practice room of this college. I don't think that's his piano. You're probably right. I think he just destroyed a bunch of property because he's having a fucking tantrum. It was literally a hissy fit. He's literally having a hissy fit. He's a child. I don't even feel bad for what happens at the end. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. We get this fucking. (laughs) Do do you remember Barb's turtle fact? I don't. Because I don't remember. I don't know if it's true. But Barb is like talking. She's super fucking drunk at this point. And the dad is still at the sorority, Claire's dad. And she says, "Do you did you know that turtles can screw for three days straight? <laughs> She's like, I know that because I went to the zoo and I watched. She's like, but I didn't stay for the whole three days. I got bored and I went over to the zebras because they only take 30 seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't remember that I part. don't know if the turtle thing's true, but like. I know, because I watched. <laughs> I love Barb. So they're like, Barb, you need, to, you need to go upstairs and go to bed. Phil's like, fucking go to bed, bitch. Which yeah. I love Phil. She Me puts too. Barb in her place. She's she's amazing. Yes. But we, um... Do you know how many times I wrote, look, Peter's being a creep? <laughs> like a lot. Like a lot of different times. Oh, man. Oh, look, Peter's being a creep again, because he's standing outside being a creep right now. Well, the gang, besides Barb, all join uh, Mr. Harrison as well as um, John Saxton. Sexy. Yes. Uh, for a search party for not only the missing 13-year-old, but Her also Claire. Yeah, yeah, and the mom of the 13-year-old girl's there. She's just poor, poor mother. And they're all looking for, you know, the missing girls. And unfortunately, they find the body of the missing 13-year-old girl. Luckily, we do not see this. Here's but the, the, thing. the scream of her mother is just devastating. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. This movie's gore is actually super, super subdued. It is a lot of it's in your head. You're not seeing a whole lot of impact. You're not seeing... This is not over the top. It's very, very similar in my mind to the same year, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Because... That original Texas Chainsaw is not nearly as bloody and gory as you think it is. If you go back and watch that, a lot of it's, like, in your head. Yeah, yeah, implied gore. And this movie does the exact same thing. And it was very intentional from the director and even the writer to have a lot of these kills be, you know, not in your face. Because it's so much more atmospheric and about... Just the creepiness of it all. Yeah. And not about the gore itself being on screen. And I mean, I love me some gore, but in certain movies, like this movie is very feminist, very ahead of its time. It is. It's absolutely amazing. A huge subplot of the movie is Jess wanting this abortion and her boyfriend being like, no, you're not allowed to have an abortion. And that is one year after Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Which is huge nowadays, right now, obviously, because it's a fucking thing for some reason. And it just, it's huge. Like, it, it was so big for its time. And even now, it still holds so much weight for the their relationship between the two of them. Yeah. And 
that's what the 2006 one misses. Completely misses the mark on that one. Well, yeah, that I agree with. But, um... Mrs. Max says that she, while they go out for the search party, like, if, you know, you come back and I'm not here, I'm going to see my sister for the holidays. Yep. So, she's doing some packing, drinking some more sherry, but she wants yep. to say goodbye to her cat. Yeah. Where's that kitty. fucking cat? Claude. And that cat. Claude. We get a shot of that cat at one point in this movie, and that cat's so fucking cute. It's like a Persian. It looks like a Persian cat. It's real cute. Real cute. But what is... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The scene that was hilarious to me is there was a scene that showed Claude on top of um, Claire's dead body licking it. And I wrote, cats will eat your dead body. Yes, they will. (laughs) But you know what? That's fair. I mean, they're animals. That's true. If I die and that's like Hannibal's only source of food, like, eat me. Eat me. I don't (laughs) care. I'm dead. So, yeah. uh, Mrs. Mac dies. Um, she gets a hook to the face, climbing yes. up to the attic to try to find the damn cat. Yep, right after she sees Claire's dead body, who's still in that rocking chair in the attic window. And again, I'm just thinking, how does she not smell by now? I know that attic ain't that cold. Ugh, you're probably right. I didn't even think about that. But, um... Yeah, so we get a scene where there was another phone call to Jess at the house once she comes back, and she calls the police. Yep. And as she's on the phone with the police, Nash, again, does not take it seriously, but there is someone we can see coming down the stairs. Yeah. And it was fucking Peter, the creep. Yeah. Being a creep again. He's always being a creep. And she was still on the phone with the police, like, on hold while he was talking to her. And he, of course, she's starting to suspect him, because that's fucking weird that you would come downstairs when I did. And he's like, oh, uh, I went up to your bedroom and I fell asleep. Like, creepy. Go away. Why are you sleeping in my bed? I said, how come he didn't hear the struggle right above him? Because the the killer, after he killed Miss Max, threw a fucking fit. Yes, he did. He was throwing shit around and screaming. How do you not hear that? I don't care if you're the heaviest sleeper because in the world. Peter sucks. Yeah. Anyway, um, she's basically, like, they're having the same argument, and she's basically saying, like, I don't, I'm not going to change my plans because you want to all of a sudden. Because he proposes to her. Yeah. Which is like, come on, dude. Read the room. Read the room. She's like, no, I don't want to marry you. I don't want to have your baby. I want to live my life. I have plans, and y'all don't fit into it. Yeah. Like, I... You know, it just, oh my god, he sucks so fucking bad. The, the, I wrote down um, the scene where, or like the line where she's talking to him while she's on the phone with the police. And she's like, yeah, there was a 13-year-old girl missing. And we like went for, we went out for the search party, like to try to find her and Claire. And he said, how noble. Yeah, like fuck So you. sarcastic. Like what a fucking piece of shit. We put a tap on the phone at some point, and then I wrote, oh, look, Peter being a creep again. <laughs> um, oh, this is, uh, we get the tap put on the phone. Oh, my God, because he called, so at, in their conversation, he calls her selfish. And he says, you're talking about, like, having a wart removed. Ugh. And that comes up later in one of the phone calls, and it's so fucking creepy when he says it. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, my God. Because then she knows he's been listening in on their conversations. Yeah. She thinks it might be Peter at that point, of course. I mean, 
it wouldn't sh- have shocked me if it was Peter. I know, right? He sucks. This is also when uh, John Saxon and the other cop are laughing at, because uh, <laughs> uh, Nash wrote down the fellatio 0880 or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Stupid. Love it. Oh my god, I wrote in my notes, Jeff won't stop saying Pita, because that's <laughs> how Olivia Hussey keeps saying it in this movie, and he just kept saying, where's Pita? Her little accent is so cute. And Jeff wouldn't stop saying it, and I kept laughing. And then I wrote, again, I feel like Claire is starting to smell. <laughs> oh man. And then we get the most iconic death of this movie, that was... Referenced in the 2006 and 2019 Black Christmas movies. Because it's Barb's death. Poor thing. Poor thing. But she gets a really cool death. She does get a really cool death. I really want one of those crystal unicorns. I do too. And it's filmed so, so beautifully. It's creepy. It really is. It's amazing. I love it. And while all this is happening... Uh, they get some Christmas carolers downstairs and Jess is standing at the door listening to them. And so Barb's death is backed by my literal favorite Christmas song of all time, which is, um, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, mine's last Christmas I gave you a heart, but the very next day you gave it away this year. Save me from tears. I'll give it to someone special. Special. Sorry, we do. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of songs lately. That's yeah. our new thing. That's okay. They can deal with it. I hope you guys know that was not us being serious. Yes. Well, listen, I'm not very talented. But Let's yes. move on. Oh, come all you faithful. It's so good. And it's just, it's just so fucking cool cool scene where Jess is standing at the door with it like kind of propped open and they have this bright red um these bright red Christmas lights on their wreath on the front door and it's just illuminating Olivia Hussey's face and it's just it's so fucking cool it keeps cutting back and forth between her and these little kid carolers singing this song while there's someone being brutally murdered and then back to Barb's death upstairs it is just perfect god damn i love this movie it's so fucking good so fucking cool um they get another call they're still trying to trace it it's so weird how they're they have to trace this call this guy's like running around this building trying to figure out where the connections are going yeah i don't know Mm-mm. so um she he overhears a call don saxon's listening in on these calls he overhears a call between Jess and Peter, and Peter's crying like a little bitch. He's like, don't kill the baby. I don't want it for <laughs> And uh, so John Saxon calls her back, and he's like, hey, you know, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? Why is he not a suspect? <laughs> and you guys she, have a fight. And she was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I don't want to keep it. He's upset. And even John Saxon's like, he said, don't kill the baby. That's a weird way to put that. He's immediately on their side, uh, like, immediately suspicious of Peter, rightfully so. Yeah. Which, even though Peter, spoiler alert, is not the killer, um, rightfully so, like, immediately suspicious of him and is like, why would he say that like that? Like, I feel like the lieutenant, like, the John Saxon's character is very, like, 
pro-choice. I very like I'm, I like him. I do too. He's very much just like, well, why would he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I he mean. He had the right. He had the right instinct. Yes, I do think that. But um, shit. Right around this time, um, not only does Saxon go looking for Peter, but Phil goes to check on drunk Barb. Ugh. Yeah. Phil dies. And I love Phil. I do too. Yeah. Phil was a great friend. Yeah. And a real ass bitch. We love to see it. Yeah. Um, she gets another phone call, and the reason I bring this one up is because it like you get a POV shot of the the phone the caller hanging up the phone and just like i don't know what it is about the way he hangs up the hand acting or something he just like very jolly like puts it down like yeah that was a good one that was a good phone call <laughs> i scared the shit out of her that time oh my gosh i was not even paying attention i have to that. no idea why i saw that and i was like why is that funny to me i was probably too high <laughs> that's fair um and oh yeah detective fuller or sorry lieutenant fuller goes to find that piano that's been fucking smashed. Yeah. And so he's really suspicious of Peter. He's like, oh, he got issues. Yeah, and they finally trace the call on the last one. And Nash finally gets a little bit of redemption because he's like, Jess, don't ask any questions. Go to the front door. Get out of the house. Don't say anything. Don't ask. Don't do it. Just get out of the house. And, of course, she starts asking a million questions. She won't do anything. And he's like, listen. We trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The calls are coming from outside the house. Ah! Then who was phone? <laughs> anyway, so she hears that and she starts screaming for Barb and um, Phil because she don't know they did. And that's unfortunate. It's, and, it's, it would be so sad to see your friends yes. that way. Yeah, she does see them dead, and then she's running around from the killer, but then she sees Peter, because she hasn't seen the killer yet, and she thinks it's Peter, and Peter gets into the basement with her, and he's, like, walking toward her, and she's got a fire poker. (laughs) And she's like, get away from me, and he's like, what's going on? Why are you freaking out? And then we cut away. (laughs) We cut away to the cops. What happened? Who'd they find? Well, they found a whole dead-ass Peter in Jess's lap. Oops. Oops. She murdered the hell out of him, and they're like, oh, good job, you got the killer. Um, But she's all catatonic, and they gotta, like, drug her up to get her to go to sleep, so they put her in bed. And they're like, no, you know, don't leave her side. But of course, she ends up alone again, somehow. How how does that always fucking happen? Mm. Like, there has to be more staff in these fucking hospitals. Yes, it never fails. She's not That's even a horror the, movie troop I hate. She's not even in the hospital. Oh she's shit, still yeah, in the sorority. Yeah, but, they but all, there were so many people there still. Cops and yeah. doctors and yeah, it's fucking stupid. But so. that's a, I mean, that idea of like. Someone being like, we're going to watch you. And then somehow yeah. everyone's gone. And it's like, yeah. I hate that trope. Because one person's <laughs> like, hey, you watch him. And they're like, hey, you watch him. And then the last person walks out. I Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess it probably wasn't played out by this point. So yeah. we're probably being too harsh. But That's we true. get 
these really She's fucking... dead as fuck, though. Yeah. Peter is dead as Super fuck. dead, but they're not, like... They're like, oh, it was self-defense. He yeah. was the killer. He was, you know, stalking all these women. And he... We get these really creepy panning shots all through the house, like a long water of panning through all the rooms that we're going through, and we get up to the attic, and of course we know that the killer's still up there. Yep. And he's got Barb's body, or not Barb, uh, Claire's body rocking in the rocking chair, and he's singing his little song, and my favorite fucking shot of the movie is the phone starts to fucking ring and we're in the attic window pulling back super fucking slowly and the whole time you just see claire with this bag over her head just in the window just dead as fuck Mm -hmm. it is such a cool fucking shot and you get back like basically to where the camera would be like across the street from the house and the credits start playing and the phone rings through the entire fucking credits it's so eerie. Oh my god. And that's how it ends. And like, that's how you end a fucking movie. Yeah. That's not There's not even like and I don't even I don't even need an I don't need any no, closure. I, I just that's I love what I it. Need. I think that's a perfect fucking ending. It gives you a little bit of a little like a little tiny bit of closure, but also a little taste of like, oh shit. She's still not safe, but I don't need a sequel. I don't need any follow-up. I I don't need to see her die. Nope. I love every part of it, and I love not knowing exactly how, what Jess's fate was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, just super happy, again, about Peter getting stabbed with a fire poker. Um, Who knows what her life might have been like had she been stuck in that situation. Because even though he wasn't the the killer of all these sorority girls, he was threatening her, like, you're going to be sorry if you try to abort this baby. Yeah, she was, like, it's terrified of him. Ooh. Jesus. Somebody scared me. Yeah, somebody was... Peeling out. Peeling out outside. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The movie ended perfectly. Yes. And the pacing was good. I mean, it's a pretty long movie. Uh, it's actually only an hour and 37 Really? Mm-hmm, only 97 minutes, huh. which is pretty perfect for a movie, I think. Yeah. Especially a slasher. Slashers do not I don't know why I thought it was longer. Long. It happens. Um, I have a peanut brain. But that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just... Oh, I touched her boob. She whacked it. Well, not with my hand, unfortunately. But. <laughs> so, yeah, just all around a classic. Definitely became a cult classic. It was not... Uh, Received very well at the box office. A lot of people didn't like it. I think because people weren't used to the idea of a, a killer Christmas, Santa. Or not killer Santa. A Christmas horror. Christmas horror. Yeah. Um, I probably freaked people out in the 70s. Because oh, yeah. they were just like, I love Jesus. Silent Night, Deadly Night came out um, You know, several years later. Yeah. Love that fucking movie. Love that whole series. Um, just, yeah, great movie all around. Uh, the 2000... Black Christmas remake. Black Xmas, as it was marketed. Is a perfect time capsule of 2006. Absolutely. Um, Did we already say that? I think so, but that's okay. But yeah, no, just, I mean, the cast of the 2006 one, let me, sorry. 2006 Black Christmas. I mean, it's got like. All the 2006 girls. It's got Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Lacey Chabert, um, Crystal Lowe, 
I mean, it's just so, I mean, Oliver Hudson's in it. It's so fucking weird how many people are truly in this that, like, make it. It's like you see it and you're like, oh, that's a 2006 movie. Because, look, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it. And Lacey (laughs) Chabert looks like that. It truly threw me back in time. Yes. Um, So the 2006 one, like I said, it takes all the stuff about the first one that made it just a regular slasher and left behind all the things that made it deep and incredible because it doesn't have any worthy subplot. It doesn't have um, any feminist undertones. It has no, it just has no substance. It's just gory. There's so much eye trauma. I feel like there's like a backstory for the killer though, which I don't necessarily need, but it was a different take on it. But he was just yellow. Like I didn't. He just he had so like weird. jaundice, but they didn't make it look like real jaundice. They made it look. They made him look like a Simpsons character. I like that they never explained that. That was fucking creepy to me. Oh, I thought it was awful. I hated the effects and like his parents like being like, you know, and like the uh, awful abusive. Can, why the incest? Why do we have to add that? It was so weird. It was weird, Ugh. but. I didn't need that. There's, I don't know. Yeah. I th- I like when a horror movie pushes the envelope. Yeah, I mean, I get like I it. said, I think it's a different take on the original. Which, Absolutely, but it's a take that I like in its own right. It's fun. It is really fun. It's fun. I'm not gonna say it's a great movie, and I very much compare it. Funny enough, to the 2003 Texas Chainsaw remake, because the 2003 Texas Texas Chainsaw remake, while I can watch it and have fun with it is a trash movie. Yeah. Because it takes everything from the original Texas Chainsaw that they thought we liked about it and they're like, oh, we're gonna make it gory and grindhouse and all this stuff and you're gonna see everything and all the undertones of the family and all this other stuff are just gonna go away and it's gonna be just a crappy movie. Very much like this one. And that's because the early 2000s, from like 2000 to 2010 basically, (laughs) was just a fucking black hole of cinema. I mean, yes, there were obviously, obviously there were outliers. But just in general, the feeling of early 2000s horror was just mean and nasty and just, like, it's no no fun. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, Texas Chainsaw Original and the original Black Christmas, they're comfort movies to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I go home to those movies. Yeah. These movies I watch to drink and laugh at. You know, the remakes. Absolutely. Like, I totally feel you because when I was watching this, like, again today, just, like, playing through it, I felt so comfortable and I just felt warm because this movie just, it's just one of those movies that you can watch over and over. Over and over. And And I want to watch it any time of the year. Like, I Mm -hmm. literally am, like, always, like, so excited for it to be Christmas season just so I can, like, feel like like I can watch this movie even though I could watch it any time. But yeah. Um, The whole, like, end with the brother and sister situation yeah. was it was very weird i'll give you that that was his sister daughter remember yeah it's it was weird yeah i'll give you that i couldn't really get over that part it was just the, why all the eyeball stuff so much eyeball <sighs> stuff the fucking eyeball stuff so much of it i didn't i didn't get the significance of it i guess um but maybe whatever. it's because like in the original the, all you saw of the killer was his eyes okay 
That's just a theory. That's fair. You know, that's fair. That gives it some kind of, you know, weight. Probably, uh, probably not, but I'd like to... <laughs> I'm trying to give it a little credit yes, here. Yes, give it some credit, babe. <laughs> You're allowed to like a movie. Uh, well, again, the 2006 Black Christmas, watchable. 2019 Black Christmas, not so much for me. I didn't watch it, so, so I'm, I'm really I'm excited to listen yeah. to Casey talk about um, it. Yeah, so I guess if you if anybody's curious about the 2006 one, the differences really are they're still in a sorority. It's Christmas night. They have a backstory about this killer Billy who used to live in the house. He was like tortured by his parents. Um, he be, he ended up in an insane asylum that night. He escapes, goes to the sorority house, starts killing all the girls. Ends up he like was raped by his mom had a kid with her and him and the daughter are like murdering everyone in the sorority house. It's really crazy. Uh, whatever. Um, but again, it's kind of fun. It's very gory, very bloody, very 2006, Mm -hmm. 2019. Uh, I was surprised to find out was written by a woman because it feels like a man's view of what they think feminism is. It is, I don't even know why it shares the name Black Christmas because it barely even qualifies as a remake. It is some girls in a sorority house and it is in on Christmas, but it doesn't need to be. But anyway, um, there's this fraternity because they're in a sorority. There's this fraternity that these guys um, are like basically being brainwashed by this like black magic stuff. Okay. And um, there's some subplot of, like, the main character, uh, one of the girls in the sorority was, like, raped by one of the guys in their, like, you know, brother fraternity or whatever. And um, he graduated, but then he comes back for this big party night. It just, the way they handle all of this is so shallow. Ugh. And so it doesn't go anywhere. And they it, it very much feels like Oh, this is what this is what women and feminism is. This is how they act, and they think all men are pieces of shit, and even the good ones, they just blah blah. And it just it's very much like holy shit, no, no, none of that. And I watched part of an uh, interview with the director and writers who were women, um, and she was like, she's like, I'm really a big fan of the original and all these. It was very much ahead of its time, just a feminist, you know, movie. She's like, I really wanted to put some of that in my movie about, like, today's, um, you know, struggles with women. And I'm like, yeah, in a way you did that. But, like, at a very surface level to the point of, like, the evil characters, like, the bad guys in the movie are, like, cartoonishly evil. Like, over the top to where it's, like, not fun to watch. Like, Peter... Yes, bad guy, but he's literally crying on the phone. There is some part of you that's like, okay, I kind of get where Peter's coming from. Right. He is upset about his, you know, the person he loves. Yeah. She doesn't feel that way about him, but that is how he's feeling. The people, the guys in this are like, like at one point, the main character walks in on one of the frat guys, like date raping one of her friends. And he's just like, oh, all you fucking bitches are the same and blah, blah, blah. Like as he's walking out. And I'm like... That's not real people. This is not how real people act. And I know. So I didn't like that movie. And then it ends with like just really weird and stupid. I didn't like it. So it, again, just very much missed the mark in the same sense that like the 2006 one at least took the like gory bits of it and kind of made it fun. And it's still a little bit funny. Yeah. The 2019 one thinks it's funny, but it isn't. 
isn't gory enough and isn't is barely even a remake it just uses the title and i'm like call your movie something different and then maybe i could like almost get on board so it's one of the frat guys with the killer so it was it turned so it turns out the whole black magic thing is like the black magic of the founder of the college which was also the founder of that fraternity and they have like a bust of the founder's head and it's got like this black goop and it's like mind controlling a bunch of the fraternity guys and the the pledges i think are all like super mind controlled so they have like no control whatsoever but then the like upperclassmen are like just evil because of it and they hold like some kind of power and so, like, they kill all the guys in the sorority at the end, but it's after they break the spell. So they literally just kill a bunch of innocent sorority or fraternity guys because they were literally just under the spell of this thing. And then they break the spell and they're fine, but then they burn them all to death. Like, I get, like, burning the rapist ones to death, but, like, just a group of, and, and it's just, it's that kind of thing. What the actual that's fuck? Like, that is a wild ride. It's like, a, oh, they just think all men are fucking, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, that's not what feminism is, you guys. No. <sighs> it's, it could have been good. Yeah. It tried. It, she wanted to touch on some, like, very important issues, and she did touch on them, but in a very... Like, one of the main characters is, um, uh, what's the phrase I'm thinking of? It's, um, activism, but not, um, oh, like theatrical activism, basically. Like, she's not really being a, um, uh, an ally. She's I just know. Performative, performative activism. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. We got it. We got there at the same time. And she's like, this character is like that the whole time, but she's never called out for it. She's taken very seriously. And it's like, no, that character, nobody would like her. She's, you know what I mean? She's yeah. the other extreme. And you would think it would make fun of both extremes, but it doesn't. Ugh. And it's just like, I could, if it was making fun of both extremes, yeah, that'd be funny. It could have been like, a, oh yeah, some people are over the top and crazy and some guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it could have taken a middling stance, but it just took the cartoony way. And I was like, meh, bad, not great. That doesn't even sound like a good It's not storyline to me. It's not. That's the thing. And there's just... Magic goop driving people crazy. Like the actors do a you know, great job. Like a lot of, you know, one of the, I think, Imogen, I can't remember what her last name is. She's the main character. She does a great job. Carrie Elwes, I love him. I do. But... It sucks. Yeah, he's, he was in a real shitty movie. He's been in a few shitty movies. Yeah, I'll probably just skip the watch on this one then. Yeah, if you guys want to watch a Black Christmas remake, just go watch the 2006 one. Or don't waste your time, just watch the original. Watch the original. If you need another Christmas horror movie, I would say Silent Night, Deadly Night. I say Jack Frost. Jack Frost Not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. No, make sure you get the right one. Um, Do you remember the VHS cover for it? Yes, it It was was holographic. holographic. Yes, and I remember- Someone reminded me of that yesterday, and I was like, oh my fucking god. Yes. It was like a memory unlocked. It was amazing. Because I remember Blockbuster, because mm-hmm. this was right before um, Asylum movies started, because Blockbuster accidentally ordered a whole bunch of the wrong Jack Frost movies, and people would take them home thinking they're going to get a Michael Keaton family movie, and they would bring home this fucking B-class, C-class horror movie. Yeah. And so then Asylum, which I'm sure you know of, they make all the, um, like, uh, not parody movies, but like, like they 
like they have Snakes on a Train, which isn't a parody of Snakes on a Plane, but it sounds like a parody movie. Yeah. But it takes, but they get away with it because it's a completely different storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, if you or any of our listeners ever watched The Amanda Show or She's All That or whatever. Yeah. Um, Block Blister is better. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> it's literally that. I love it. Um, and that's kind of what spawned that is Jack Frost. Uh, one of my other favorites is Krampus. I love Krampus. I watched it last night. Uh, love that movie so fucking much. I have a Krampus stocking at my house. I went to a Krampus haunted house at Universal Halloween Horror Nights years ago. I fucking love that. It was fucking awesome. Seeing a real life like that, cramp, like Krampus, like scary, it was like right in your face. And like as you're walking, little gingerbread cookies would fly by you. Oh, I love it. It was fucking cool. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. It was so cold in there. They like made you feel like you were like literally in this frozen land. It was awesome. Yeah. Universal's truly the goat when it comes to, you know, horror. I, yeah, I know. I'm obsessed. I. I'm definitely gonna have to watch that with Jeff because it's it's so it's a fun fucking time. I mean, again, a dark Tony comedy. Collette, I very dark. Tony Collette is amazing. I, I kept saying last night because we were watching it last night. I was like, Tony Collette, oh my god, how are you so good at everything you do? Oh, everything god. you do, dude. Give her I, fucking awards. I hadn't watched The Sixth Sense in probably ten or more years, and decided to sit down and watch it a few months ago. And I was like, oh my god, Tony Collette's the mom. I didn't even know Tony Collette was the mom. I haven't the seen mom. it in that long. I was like, oh, my God. She's so young. And she's just been so fucking gorgeous her whole life. Her and range was, of emotions. She was fucking robbed in Hereditary. She should have gotten every fucking award. She was, she was robbed. She wasn't even nominated. Anyway, past that, um, I love Christmas. And I'm <laughs> so fucking excited. For Christmas. And Jess is going to come stay with me on yes. Christmas. And we're going to do our present exchange. And I can't wait to post on the uh, Instagram what I got her. <gasps> I'm so excited to give Casey her presents. And we're going to make some cookies. Yes, we are. I'm and... so excited to make some cookies. Oh, me too. Yes. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to watch some spooky movies on the big old TV. <laughs> and uh, yeah, cuddle with some pups and have some fun. I'm so into it. Yes. But in the meantime, uh, I think, I want to say the week after this, let me check on my schedule here, you guys. Um, Because I know I've been changing some things up lately. We're just kind of going with the flow. Yeah, bear with Uh, us. So week after this is actually going to be our Urban Legend review. Yes. Um, Great movie. Just just a classic. Go watch it. Um, And then I think the week after that, we're going to review Silent House. Uh, which is um, a great movie starring Caitlin Olsen. It plays in real time. It is one long continuous shot. Ooh. Uh, it's really good. It was okay. shown to us by our friend Zach, who was on previous episode, Deborah <laughs> Logan. Um, the unhinged one. The unhinged one. And then <laughs> the week after that is going to be Friday the 13th. The original? No. Ja- no, the date is going to oh. be January <laughs> The 13th, which falls on a Friday. So we are going to cover Saturday the 14th. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We have that on VHS at work. We're going to cover it. Excellent. On Friday the 13th. Okay. Perfect. Um, So, yeah. And then we may switch that up a little because I really want to do an episode soon. We may record it on Christmas, uh, an episode 
on our top 10 favorite <gasps> Saw and Final Destination kills. We should record that one on Christmas. Yes, we should. So we need to brush up on those. Heads up, if any of our listeners or you need a quick refresher on every kill and don't have time to watch, what, 14 fucking movies between those two, Kill Count. He goes over every single one, and they're very interesting. You get a lot of backstory, so. And, of course, we can watch some in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go through those. That'll happen sometime. I'm so excited. Um, And, yeah, just a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And hopefully sometime early 2023, we will be on the, the tube. On God, the YouTube. I gotta get my shit together before then. Yeah, for sure. But we're gonna be recording in the podcast room soon. Yes. I'm just excited all over. But um, always definitely follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Deepers Creepers. And any suggestions or questions or concerns or anything, uh, email us at deeperscreeperspod at gmail.com. And but, we, yeah. yeah, we hope you guys have uh, an amazing holiday season. Yes. And yeah, we love yeah. you guys. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Did you get those eyes?